And thank you for joining us today for the teaching and preaching ministry from Central Baptist Church in Kannapolis, North Carolina. As associate pastor, Barry Murray shares from the Bible how to live in a fallen world. The goal of Central Baptist Church is to change the world by teaching the Word of God. Come, let's listen in. We're going to be in John chapter 20, if I haven't told you that yet. John chapter 20 will be where we're going to start at today. In a second, we're going to... I believe today, if you listen to what I say, you'll be very encouraged this morning by this message. 1945, I was just born that year. <laughs> Not really. But 1945, the Reader's Digest gave this joke out. It said, according to unofficial sources, a new simplified income tax form contains only four lines. What was your income for the year? What were your expenses? How much have you left? And number four, send it. <laughs> 1945, <laughs> that's what they wrote. There was two hunters out in the woods, and one of them collapsed. He was not breathing very well. His eyes were all glazed over, and the other one whips out his cell phone. He calls 911. He says, I think my friend is dead. I think he's having trouble with a heart attack. He yells, what do I do? The operator said to the person, said, calm down, calm down. First of all, let's make sure he's dead. There was a silence for a moment and then a shot. Back on the phone, the guy says, okay, now what? And, uh, <laughs> I think that's sometimes how we feel about our sermons, isn't it? Uh, they shot me dead and here I am. Let's stand on our feet and read a few verses. John chapter 20 this morning. God bless you. Good to see you. John chapter 20 and verse number 27. I'm just going to read three verses here this morning. Number 27 of John 20. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Thank you, Lord, for a chance to look in thy word this morning. Lord, I do not take these next few moments for granted. I've done my best to study and prepare. I've done my best to seek your will for the hour. And we know it's your hour for some reason you've ordained this time to be. And Lord, I ask you please to help me, first of all. Help all of us today to have listening ears and listening heart to what the message says today. May we understand who are the most blessed people. I ask you to bless now in your name, I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm going to spend probably the majority of the sermon this morning talking about some people from the Bible. First of all, I want to apologize to you ladies for not mentioning any women out of the Bible. But there are some great, great examples of women in the Bible. Please don't take me wrong. I didn't have time to spend all afternoon going through all of these. I meant preaching-wise. You didn't get that one. Okay, some of you got it, some of you didn't get it. Anyhow, so I'm going to spend a little time delaying an introduction here. And I think I'm going to spend a lot of time on helping us today understand what, what this talks about. 
when Thomas finally sees Jesus, and Jesus says to him, hey, Thomas, reach your hands and touch my scars. Hey, Thomas, reach your hand into my side and feel the hole that's in my side right now from where they pierced my side with a spear. And then Pete Thomas said, my Lord and my God. He then understood who was there, that it was Jesus. I, I like Thomas. Uh, Thomas reminds me of, of myself in some areas, along with many of the disciples. Uh, I think he was emotional when he said, my Lord and my God. Uh, I, I, I like Thomas. Maybe you don't have that problem. I sometimes doubt. I sometimes wonder, is this really the way it's going to work out? This is really the way it needs to be. But Thomas had been absent the first Sunday morning that Jesus Christ had resurrected. Because he was absent, he missed the blessing, and he became a doubter. And the same thing will happen to you and I. And if we miss a service, we miss something happening, we will miss what's going on. I, I feel very strongly about the fact I don't want to miss what's happening at a service because I may miss the opportunity to see God. Through the singing, through the fellowship, through the preaching of the word, of course, and the word of God being right. I don't want to miss it. Maybe something there I need, and I feel that way. But he had heard from the other disciples that Jesus was risen. And he said, I, I really having a hard time believing that. I really don't think so. And the next Sunday morning, the disciples met on that day to have church. And from that Sunday morning... Till this Sunday morning, God's people have had church on Sunday morning. That's where it started. Oh, I believe the first service was Sunday night the week before. But on the Sunday morning, they all came together and had church. Our Lord appeared the second time on the second Sunday morning. I'm sorry, the second Sunday morning after his resurrection. And, uh, uh, and Thomas was there, and he was still doubting. And he said, uh, Jesus, and Jesus said to him, hey, touch, see the scars, and touch my scars, and put your hand on my side, and see that I'm real. And see if you don't believe that I am Jesus the Christ. And the Bible doesn't say that he touched his hands. It doesn't say that he put his hand in his side, by the way. But it does say, my Lord and my God. The doubter became a believer when he saw the presence of Jesus. Thomas realized that his Lord was living. He was saying to Jesus, you're my Lord and you're my God. And uh, uh, that's so important there. And listen, this morning, not part of the message, but two things about this. First of all, to take Jesus as your God means you become his child. To take Jesus as your Lord means he becomes your master. We can easily say that God bless what, man, what, what a man Thomas was. Uh, he was there when Jesus, he saw him there. Uh, what a man he was. Maybe Thomas was the more blessed because he actually got to see Jesus and actually see the scars and see the, 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 the hole in his side. But wasn't Thomas also there when Jesus performed miracles? Was he there with the 12 when he walked on the water and he calmed the sea? Was he there uh, when he saw the blinded eyes to be healed? And was he there uh, when he saw people sick and he saw the children blessed and he raised the dead and he cast out devils? Was he there? Was he there in the upper room when Jesus took some time and he washed all their feet? And what a job that must have been. 
And he felt the very hands of Jesus Christ on his feet. No, please don't touch my feet. And uh, you make me laugh. And, uh, but they, he, washed, he washed his feet. And Thomas, I'm just going to tell you, I don't think you're one of the blessed ones. You just, be careful. I say that because of this. He saw the miracles of Jesus Christ. He saw exactly what Jesus looked like after his resurrection. He should have been one of the blessed ones. I think this morning of the Apostle Paul, how I love the Apostle Paul. To me, he's a little bug-eyed runt, probably bald-headed, and all great men are either bald-headed or losing their hair. I think he was a little short fella, had trouble seeing his speech was contemptible. He couldn't make a good speech. Uh, uh, not so much as even someone you want to look at while he's making a speech. You know, people like that. We don't even look at them. And uh, uh, probably we would call him maybe ugly, maybe wore glasses. Not much to speak of when it comes to appearance. But we know the day he was on Damascus Road, he was heading to persecute more Christians. I just read this this morning. And a light shone on him, and God spoke to him out of the heaven, saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And on the Massus Road, Paul, or Saul at that time, has a life-changing experience in the presence of God on the road to Damascus. And this little Saul becomes saved. He's marvelously converted this little Saul of Tarsus becomes the greatest preacher at that time, or missionary, you say, that, run, uh, that ran all over the world telling folks about Jesus Christ, the Savior. This runt became a great missionary, and he ran the Mediterranean Sea, and he turned the world toward God, and he points them to the gospel. And you and I would not be here this morning were it not for the Apostle Paul. And I think he's a man used of God, and we should brag on him, and we should uh, think about what he's done. But wait a minute. Be careful how much credit you give the Apostle Paul. Because didn't he see Jesus? Didn't Paul understand what it was like to have miraculous power serving God? Didn't he see miracles happen? Didn't Paul raise the dead? I mean, you put the guy to sleep, you ought to wake him up at least, amen, right? And didn't Paul do all kinds of things? Didn't he request to see Jesus? Didn't he get touched? Didn't he see all these things happen? And, and through no request of his own, God meets him on Damascus Road. No merit, no goodness of his own. Paul was hurled to the ground. He looked up and God revealed himself to Paul, not because of his goodness, but because of God. And I'm going to say this morning, we do have things to brag about, Paul. But I'm not sure he's the more blessed one. I understand that Paul was the one that caught up to the third heaven. He saw things that, were, that he couldn't share. He saw Abraham and Isaac and, and uh, Jacob and, and uh, Noah and Aaron and Deborah and all these saints. And I wonder what a wonderful man uh, he was, what he must have saw. And, but be careful that we don't give him so much credit because I'm not sure he's the most blessed person that we can think of. I think this morning of the beloved John. I think if Jesus had a favorite disciple, it was John. 
If that's true, it would be John. I think that he leaned on Jesus' breast. He loved Jesus uh, as probably no one else did in a more compassionate uh, way, if you would. And John saw, uh, John said, I touched him. I held him. I followed him. I heard his voice. Uh, I saw him transfigured. I got to see Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus on the mount. I was there. I saw it happen. And I'll say this morning, John was a good man. But be careful how far you elevate him. Because had not you been there and saw Jesus and Elijah and Moses transfigured, you'd have said some words too, wouldn't you? You'd have been somebody. Wouldn't it have been good to be there? Who wouldn't have said about Peter, like Peter said, let's build three tabernacles. Who wouldn't have been overwhelmed by seeing Jesus in a glorified body? And we love to magnify Peter. I probably like Peter most of all because he speaks first and thinks later. I think Peter uh, had two tongues in one ear. Are you with me? And, but yet he was always quick and ready to get things right. When he, when he got called out, he was going to get things. I like that. Uh, strong man, strong opinion. When he got called out, he made things right. I like that. I, we think about that. That's a good thing. We love to magnify him. And God bless him uh, being loudmouthed. And God bless him uh, 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 even cussing. And maybe if God would have healed your mother-in-law, you'd have cussed too. I don't know. <laughs> I'm teasing. I have a great mother-in-law. Love her to death as long as she stays home. <laughs> I'm, teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I love my mother-in-law. I love Patsy with all my heart. I really do. She's been good to us. But I wonder, should we give Peter all the credit? He saw Jesus raise someone from the dead. He did see Jesus heal his mother-in-law. Wasn't Peter there and the little girl was being raised? Wasn't he there when Lazarus came forth out of the grave? He saw the man healed of infirmity for 38 years. He saw the woman with the issue of blood. In the, he was there in the upper room. Uh, he had his feet washed after some uh, little, uh, a little uh, correction of Jesus Christ. He had his feet washed there in the upper room. He was there. Peter was a great man. But I'm not sure he's the one that should be magnified the most. We do magnify Elijah. If there is a man's man in the Bible, it's Elijah. I would have not messed with Elijah. God blessed him. I love the story of Mount Carmel. I love the story of all these prophets of Baal, what, 450 of them. And he's talking to them one to 450. He just tells them how it is. And he lets them have it. And he says, uh, well, where is your God? Why hasn't he? Is he sleeping? Is he somewhere else? The prophet, you know, the Baal, their God, you know, the whole story with the fire coming down from heaven and all that. And I love all that. And uh, the back and forth. Then the fire comes down and laps up all the, all the water. And Elijah's not done yet. He finishes the job. He begins chopping off heads. Now, I got to tell you, I think one head to chop off be hard enough. But you couldn't imagine 450 what do they do, stand in line and wait for him? <laughs> I mean, think about it for a moment. No, God was on him. And God protected him. 
And God used him. And I believe Elijah was a man that walked with God. I mean, if I prayed right now, we'd be here a long time before fire came out of heaven. If I prayed right now, it'd be a long time before it would start to rain. And I think Elijah saw at least seven miracles, if not more, in his life. But I think sometimes we overly exalt him as being a blessed one. Boy, I love in the Old Testament Moses. Moses, what a man. One of the things I admire most about Moses was that he did do something wrong. And he made it right. And he kept serving God. I like that. Well, you know, Pastor Barry, he didn't really pray, pray for his pay for his sin of murdering the Egyptian, but he spent 40 years in the desert. How much time do you want him to spend? Spent 40 years watching sheep. I'm sure that was easy labor. Paying his price before God called him. But he was a great, probably a man in the Old Testament that was the greatest or even of all would be Moses. Why? He led three, three and a half million people for 40 years, whining and crying and complaining about everything. He parted the Red Sea. He walked on dry land. He was a mighty general, a mighty psychiatrist. Uh, he was a philosopher. He was a statesman. Uh, he, Moses was, was such a man. Well, he was learned in the ways of Egypt, yet he turned it over to serve God with those knowledge that he had and an educated man. What a man. And we look at him and what he did and put up with. And I'm going to tell you, if it had been me, I'd have let them, people have it. God, you take care of them. They're your problem. But he didn't do that. Someone said, if God and Moses ever got on the same page, there'd be no Israel today. One time God wants to kill him. Next time Moses wants to kill him. And they spared him. But I believe today we do overly exalt him. But who wouldn't? Who wouldn't over exalt this man that spent 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai getting the tablets of stone with the uh, Ten Commandments coming down? What a man. Who could spend, listen, 40 days in the presence of God as a human being. And he came down out of the mountain. He was glowing. He was E.T. to the furthest extent. <laughs> he, was, he was something. And Moses saw the pillar of cloud lead them by day and fire by night. What a man. What a man. Our Lord told Thomas, you touch my hands. You put your hand in my side and see if I'm not Jesus, your Savior. And as faith came into the soul of Thomas, he said, my Lord and my God. I remember the eyes you opened. I remember you conquered death. I remember you cleansed the leper. I remember you raised people from the dead. Now here's a sermon. All that to the sermon. Are you ready? You're ready to go home. We're not done yet. We got to put this to work now. How's this work? Verse 29. Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Right? But here's the blessed ones. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Listen to me. 
I want to tell you something this morning. I want to tell you just three quick points. Well, they may not be quick, but I got three points to you today. They probably will be quick. We may be out of here before 1145. You hang on your seat. Don't tell Pastor Dean, all right? He's probably watching on the plane or something. I don't know. Who knows what's going on? Isn't it strange when someone's always watching you? Do you realize the only place you can't have someone watching you on our property is in the bathroom of my office? Other than that, someone's watching you everywhere you are on the planet. I, I can't get away with anything around here. But anyhow, listen to what he said here. I shouldn't be teasing about that. Look what he says. The word blessed means supremely blessed. The ones who believe, but they haven't seen. The more blessed ones uh, are those who believe and haven't seen. I'm going to tell you this morning, the more blessed ones are everyone in this room this morning because we've believed and we haven't seen. We believed. The reason you believe is you're here, but you've never seen them. You've never seen Jesus heal. You never seen the, you haven't seen the scars. You haven't seen the pierced side. You haven't seen the, the scars from the crown of thorns on his head. You haven't seen the blood that may be left there. We haven't seen that, but yet we believe. And the Bible says, Jesus says, we are the more blessed because we believe and haven't seen. Woo! That gets me excited. It gets me pumped up. I'm ready to go. Los Argos, here I come. I'm ready. <laughs> but this morning, I want to, before we go, I got some points there. I want to hold up before you this morning an example of what I think are some good Christians. They're never mentioned. They're never talked about. But they're the most blessed people I can think of because they have believed and they haven't seen Thomas may have said, my Lord and my God. But Jesus said, blessed are those who haven't seen me, yet they believe. I want to give you some Christians this morning that would not be John on the Isle of Patmos, even though I think he was a good Christian man. I want to give you some Christians today who will not be Peter in Matthew 16 who said, the, uh, the, thou be the Christ, the son of the living God. Even though it was a great statement, a great acknowledgement by Peter, I, I don't really know if he was the more blessed one because he believed and he saw. Right. Blessed are those who believe and haven't seen is where I'm headed this morning. If you wanted to lift up before someone this morning an example of a great Christian, I don't think it's going to be Elijah, even though the fire did fall from Mount Carmel and some great things happening. But may I remind every one of us this morning about this one thought, even though God had these human instruments, human, human instrumentality that he used while he was here, God is the one who performed the miracles, not these people. Not these people. Peter didn't heal, God healed. Paul didn't heal, God healed. We have it all wrong. But even as great as these people are, many women in the Bible they go through, uh, I could talk about, I, I think of Mary Magdalene, I think the mother of Jesus, and I think of all these ladies that followed him around who were there at the crucifixion with some great people. But this morning, I'll give you three quick points here. I said that before, but they're not quick. The points are real small. It's everything else under it that takes longer. Number one is this. Blessed are those who have never seen a miracle. 
Blessed are those who have never seen a miracle because you still believe and you haven't seen a miracle other than your salvation. Are you with me today? You're the more blessed one because you believe in a Savior who you've never seen and you may have never seen a miracle to speak of. Example, let's go outside of town here just a few miles to maybe a farmer on a bunch of acres of land. If you went to his house this morning, you drive on the property, you see a barn out back and you go to the house, knock on the door, no one's going to be there. You're going to find this farmer and his family on a Sunday morning sitting in church somewhere. Listen to their pastor preach. This farmer, every, every day, he takes his Bible and he goes out to some place on his property. He spends a few moments and a few time out in the field uh, talking and reading the Word of God. And he looks up to the heavens and he says, God, boy, bless me today. I got to work today and get my crop ready. I need the crop to take care of my family, take care of our situation. And God, bless me today. Give me wisdom to do the right thing. I've read your Word. I've prayed for those I know who need care. And God, would you bless me today and help me out today? But today, that man sits in church somewhere with his family and he's a more blessed person because he's believed and he hasn't seen you with me and tonight before he goes to bed he'll get that bible out again and maybe even a little family time or at least by himself and he'll take that bible and he'll read the bible some more and he'll say god thank you for the good day at church but tomorrow i got to go to work you got to help me with my crop, help me do the right thing, help me to do the right uh, move next so things go well. And thank you for the strength you've given me to do the job. Thank you for all you've given to me. I've never seen a miracle, but I, I believe and I trust you. God, I've never seen the fire fall from heaven, but I still believe. I've never seen a tablet of stone come down from the Mount, uh, uh, Mount uh, Sinai from heaven. I've never seen the scars and the a hole in your side, but I believe. I've never heard the voice of Jesus saying, peace be still. And this little fellow grew up on that farm, somewhere out in the country, who opened that Bible up and he'll just thank God for how he's taking care of him. And listen, thank God for everything you've given to me. I'm a blessed person. And the reason he's blessed is because he believes and he hasn't seen. It's easy to believe when you see. I got to tell you what. If I saw someone raised from the dead, I believed. We were having a service here one day and someone popped out of that casket, I'd be believing real quick. You with me? If I was standing there on the tombs where Lazarus was born, Lazarus was dead and all wrapped up in the grave clothes and all buried there away, and all of a sudden he walked out of the grave, I'd be believing. And you know why Jesus didn't say, just come forth? He called Lazarus' name out to make sure they all didn't come out. Because it had been a mess. Talk about family reunion. Woo! That had been a good time. And I'd have believed. And I'd have believed if God would have performed some miracle probably in our lives. And he has performed miracles, I gather, in our lives. But some big, huge miracle right in front of our eyes, I'd believe. But Jesus says, the more blessed people are those who believe. And haven't seen. That's the day we're living in today. It's hard for us to believe today because we got to see it first. We got to see it today. Maybe this man gathers his family around. He reads them. He prays for them. And he thanks God. Thank God for the strength you give me today. Thank you for the food in our table. 
Sunday's the only day I have off, and I get up early, and I'm tired, and I'm weary, and I take my family, and we go to church. We were so grateful. This man's never heard the voice of Jesus. He's never walked down Damascus Road. He's never seen the third heaven. He's never felt the breast of Jesus. He's never seen the blinded eyes healed and seen the deaf, deaf ear unstopped. He's never seen the lame man walk around, dance about like a crazy man. He's never seen. But Sunday after Sunday, he's in his place. He's faithful to God. He's faithful to Christ. He's clean. He's reverent. He's dedicated. I'll throw in tithing. He's serving and giving to a God and believes he's never seen. He's never got a phone call. He's never got a telegraph. Yet he believes. Blessed are they that have seen and yet have not and yet have believed. You want to know who a great Christian is this morning that blessed amongst us? Very simple. It is those who are now alone. It's those who are now alone. I'm talking about our widows and widowers. They're alone right now. Oh, you see them at church, they're on top side, they're friendly, they're cordial, they talk with you, they joke with you. But you're not there at dinner time when there's nobody to talk to. When there's no one to even argue with. No one to get mad at and go to the other room. They're all alone. They're all alone. Not far from where we are this morning, there's a little lady who lives. She's a preacher's widow. Her husband once stood behind a pulpit like this, and she sat there in her seat, adoringly listening to him, smirking at the dumb jokes and laughing at the good jokes. And God, in his mercy and providence, reached down and took, the man, took that man of God to heaven. But now that lady spends her life serving other people. She serves in a ministry helping someone else. She prays for a new pastor, but she's alone. And I believe this morning she's the more blessed one because she believes and she hasn't seen. She's never heard the voice of Jesus. She's never had a Damascus Road experience. She's never seen, like Paul III, heaven. She, again, has never felt the breast of Jesus, seen the blinded eyes open, seen the deaf ear unstopped, never seen the lame man jump and dance. She's never seen a dead man brought back to life, a sick man miraculously healed. And not one time has she seen the one who her and her husband served their whole life. Not one time has she seen him. But day after day, she digs in her Bible to find out what that God has to say to her. And this morning, I'll tell you this morning, she's the more blessed one Amen. because she believes in those she hasn't seen. This morning, can I ask you a question? Do you believe you're a blessed one today? You're a blessed one because you, like me, believe even though you haven't seen. Oh, there are things we can't explain. 
There are things that have happened that, that I can't explain to you. There are things that have gone in my life and in the ministry life that I, I look at sometimes and say, man, is that a miracle, not a miracle? I'm not sure. I don't know. I didn't see, I didn't see Jesus' handwriting. I didn't see his signature signed on it. I, I don't know. But it was a great thing that happened. I mean, I've been there. Uh, I, listen, I, I've been there. Uh, uh, it used to be there was a joke around my church for a while that if you're sick in the hospital, don't have Pastor Barry come visit with you. Because what happened, I go visit with you, I pray with you, and not long after that, you pass away. <laughs> I promise you it wasn't my fault. I did my part. I was well equipped as the doctors were to do my part. But there was a thing about don't let him pray for you. I remember uh, we kidded around. Uh, two of the sermons I had right after service over, we had to call the ambulance to take someone to the hospital. I preached them into a heart attack. I preached so hard. We used to kid about that. But I have had one experience where I went to the hospital to visit a lady who was sick. Her husband was there, Jack and Carol Jensen, they're their names. They're both, well, I think Jack's passed away now. I think they're both gone now. But what a, what a good fellow to me. I appreciate him. But I went to see his, his, him and his wife. She was dying. She had all kinds of issues, COPD and all kinds of things happening with her over the years. I went to see him and uh, visit him in the hospital and we spent time together. And he said, no, Pastor, I know you can't you really shouldn't pray for Carol to get healed from her lung problem and the, uh, she had the disease. You can't, I understand, but pray for comfort and help. But pray for both of, us, both of us. We're sick. I'm in a room with them there and then they tell me they're sick. You know, the flu or something going on, they both got it, whatever. And pray, pray about that. What'd you do that? So I said, okay. So I pray for them. I pray for them being sick. I pray for me to get out of there so I don't catch what they got. And uh, I pray for that. And I'm heading home and I'm heading home and I get a phone call. It's Jack. Hey, Pastor, you won't believe this. I'm thinking Carol died. I'm thinking, you know, because it's kind of been my M.O. In a nice way. He says, we both feel so much better since you prayed for us about being sick. Woo, man, I thought, well, good. Now, was that a miracle? I have no idea. Do I chalk it up to a miracle? I guess if I was some preachers, I would do that. I healed them. Okay. But what I'm saying is this. There are some things I just can't tell you whether it's a miracle, not a miracle. Or, you know, things happen, don't they? But I know this. I'm a very blessed person because I believed and I haven't seen. I haven't seen. This lonely widow, as many of you here today, widows and widowers, you've lost the love of your life. What was it yesterday, did Pastor Dean say that Ron, Ronnie and uh, Jean were married 65 years? 60, that's older than I is. 65, not much, but a little bit. 65 years being married. Oh, my word. I remember I visited them. I believe it was last summer. I visited some time visiting with them and talked with them. What a great couple they were. In short but listen, uh, not one time has this widow lady uh, seen the one who she served her life with her husband. Day after day, week after week, month after month, she's had faith in God and see, serve a Christ she's never seen. Elijah? You're going to have to step aside because this lady's more blessed than you are because she's believed and hasn't seen. Step aside, Peter. Step aside, John. Wait a minute, Paul and Thomas. And hold on, Moses. I know one who's more blessed than, than the Mount, Mount Sinai experience. She's a little lady who served God her whole life because she believes and has never seen 
an experience like that. Elijah, I know you may have seen some great things happening with God's help. But the Bible tells me the more blessed one was the one who believes and hasn't seen. And the third point is this, and this is kind of a broad spectrum. I tried to figure out exactly how to term it. I didn't maybe have a good answer. But I think the third group who are most blessed are those who spend their week in some miserable environments. Those of us who, those of you, I should say, spend their, I was going to think about us in the church. It's not that miserable. But those who spend their week in some miserable environments. I'm talking to some this morning that where you work at is one of the most ungodly places in the world. They don't talk about God, they cuss about God. You with me? If you don't work in that kind of place, thank God for that. Thank God for that. I spent my years in the garage over the years and working with other mechanics, and they're just as bad as any sellers I've ever met. I've been there, understand all that. Some of you have miserable environments, maybe in your family, in your home. And you still believe, even though you've never seen. I'm talking about those who you spend much of your week working with some very ungodly people. But if not for God, there wouldn't be any God influence where you work at whatsoever. And I believe this morning that God's people in a, in a worldly place like that, I believe God blesses them. I believe that. I believe that's true. Why? Because of the presence of, presence of uh, where I'm at, the presence of God's there. Not because of me, but because God's with me. I believe that. I had an owner one day tell me, I own the dealership, I work for him. He said, I thank you for working here. And I said, why? He said, because you blessed my place. Because I was a preacher. So I know you fear God and you serve God. Because of that, God's blessed my business. It's a funny thing. Since I left there, he's gone out of business. He's gone out of business since I left there. I'm not saying it was me. Now, please, I'm not, I'm not, no way am I saying it was me. Some people are just crooks. Amen? Some people know how to handle things. But that's what happened. And you may be the only testimony God has in that place. And you make your living, and you come home, and you're weary, and you're worn, and you said, I need to quit that job, but you can't because of the bills and the things you need to do. When it comes down to serving God through your life, though, you're faithfully to your church. You're miserable at work. You had a terrible time at work. You had to go through all these things you went through, but yet you still are faithful. You, you do your ministry at the church. You spend your time with God. We talked about with the farmer and his, this uh, alone uh, pastor's wife and all these things. You do all that, and you're miserable. You had, in fact, church is, is a refreshing time for you. Church is the boost you need for the week. Amen. And I'm going to tell you this morning, you're one of the ones that are most blessed because you believe and you haven't seen. And you live out there in a world, our world is anti-God, anti-America is anti-God. Let's just face it. Of course, we've always been the minority, by the way. But it's getting more and more evident, isn't it? Day by day. Our country does everything to please the sinful lifestyle, not the Christian lifestyle. Right? We understand that. And it's going to get worse. Today, we're going to spend a day where we're going to be feasting and enjoying and, and partying all the time. Oh, my word. Any reason to have a drink? Amen? We're headed there. You'll never hear the voice of Jesus where you work at. 
You never heard him at your house. You never seen him on Damascus Road. You've never seen the third heaven. You never felt the breast of Christ. You never seen blind eyes open and seen the deaf ear unstopped. You never seen someone dance around because his legs were healed. But you're blessed because you represent God every day where you work at and you believe and you haven't seen. You're blessed. Don't take this wrong this morning. But there, Peter, there are some people in this room here right now, you need to step aside. Paul, there are some people in this room this morning, you're going to need to step aside. Because there's some more blessed people here than you will ever be. Because you believe and you've seen, but we're blessed because we believe and haven't seen. We've got some Christians around here that we're the blessed ones. I've never seen fire fall from heaven. I've never seen the water parted. I've never seen the ravens fed. I can't say I've ever audibly heard the voice of God. I'm not sure if I've seen or witnessed a miracle in my life. I may have. Just not sure about that. And what causes us to forsake the comforts of life and to quit believing just because we haven't seen. This morning, I want to encourage you that you are a more blessed one because you haven't seen these things, but you believe. You see what I'm saying today? What a day to live. What a day to serve God where we can be called the blessed ones. What a day to believe the old book, to preach it, teach it, learn it, see it come to pass right before our eyes and we get to follow it. We're the blessed ones. Oh, I want to be like Peter. Nah, 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 nah. I don't want to do that. Uh, nah. I don't want to try walking on the water. I just, I just, I believe. I believe. Oh, I want, I want to be like some of those disciples and all the stuff they went through. Nah, I, I like my three meals a day. I don't like fish on a pan that well. I like a lot of breading on there and cooked real good. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I believe. I believe. I'm not too sure I want to see the fire fall from heaven. I'm not sure it's really a good experience, by the way. You with me? I'm not really sure I want to see 450 heads go rolling down the... I'm not too sure about that. I'm not sure I want to be around when Goliath falls on the ground. But thank God, I'm just a simple believer that the Bible says I'm blessed because I believe and I haven't seen. Would you bow your heads with me and pray with me this morning? Thank you, Father, for a chance to look into your word today. Thank you, God, that we can be a more blessed people. Thank you for sharing with us how we are more blessed we often look at these men and many people in the Bible I could have brought up today. I think of Deborah and her stand for you in the Old Testament, Lord. I almost mentioned her today. What, what, a, what a lady she was and took a stand. Other people in Scripture. And we could say, boy, if I could be like Peter and Paul and the disciples and all these and Elijah and Elisha and Moses and David and all these people. But God, we're missing the point. The point is we're blessed. 
because in many ways we haven't seen the right hand of God do something miraculous in our lives. And you said to Thomas that we are more blessed. May we as your people this morning realize we are more blessed people. The heads bowed today, still for a moment. Would you just think about it for a moment, how good God's been to you? That you've been allowed to believe something that you haven't seen. You maybe can prove it with a changed life. But dear folks, this morning, everyone in this room who believes, you are blessed. You are blessed. And maybe someone here this morning, you're not blessed. You don't really understand what I'm talking about. Today would be the day to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Understand how it is to be more blessed than anything else in your life. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Central Baptist Church, events, and ministries, please visit our webpage at cbckannapolis.com.